One thing about living in Santa Carla, I never could stomach. All the damn vampires. Welcome to the Purple Stuff Podcast. Starring Dave from Slush Central and Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. I want to get some insight from you here were you frightened by vampires as a kid no i've always been drawn to them jay okay see i would have thought you would have been like scarred for life by a vampire you have this moniker that is in homage to it so i didn't know if it was something that you kind of based your life around so you thought maybe i was like working through some demons with the website title no it was nothing but respect for the many vamps that i've run with Oh, okay. <laughs> so as a kid, was it just something that you identified with? You felt like you were a bloodsucker? Well, I think it's more of a case of being a suburban white boy goth. <laughs> and it's like, you just say, hmm, goth, black things. Oh, vampires. I should be into vampires. And so there I was in the seventh grade buying Dracula, the novel from our school book fair. Oh, okay. I got it. It was a big I deal. Read, yeah. I read one page of that fucking novel and I carry around the book the whole year. <laughs> it was totally just like a fashion prop. <laughs> I mean, for me, I used to dress up as uh, Dracula pretty often when I was real little because it was an easy costume. If there was a Halloween that came up and I didn't have something that was inspiring me, it was like, oh, just be Dracula, you know, because I had the cape and the teeth and the makeup. So it was really easy to do. I have a theory, though, about that. Sorry, I'm just uh, putting out a small fire here. Um, <laughs> my theory is that kids our age, when we started dressing like Dracula, the big draw was those blood capsules. Oh, yes. You're not going to get away with being C-3PO and then mom getting you the blood capsules. She's going to know something's up. Right. So you kind of had to go with Dracula if you wanted to bite one. You really landed on it there because the blood is that was a huge part of it. I wanted to have blood capsules all the time. Like, I remember in high school, anytime I was anything for Halloween, it was like, well, is there blood capsules that I can use? Because I, I, like, I was always looking for an excuse to kind of drip blood out of my mouth. <laughs> I, I feel like you're kind of still that way. I feel like even in the time I've known you, blood capsules have come up quite a few times. <laughs> but yeah, they, they had an interesting flavor that, while not good, was so unique that you kind of needed to taste it every so often. Yeah, you got to get a little little bit of the bubbly. Yeah. <laughs> get your fix. So tonight on the Purple Stuff podcast, we are talking vampires. It's a long overdue show, Jay. 
It really is. We've been asked for it a long time. We wanted to do a show like this for a long time. And we're going to be going through all kinds of uh, various vampires from across the board. We definitely picked some non-obvious vampires. I don't know if one of them is really all that obvious. Our listeners know that we don't go with the obvious stuff. And, and that's, that's kind of the, the trend. So I think they're going to be in for it. The key to a successful podcast, they say, is to talk about things that nobody's ever seen or heard of. <laughs> Could not possibly have a stake in, Jay. What the hell are these guys talking about? Yeah. So who wants to bring their first vampire to the table? Uh, I think I started last time. I was hoping maybe I would uh, get away with it if I asked the question myself. But yeah, I knew it was my turn. <laughs> Here we go. Number one. I'm going Every teenager has problems. But when Jeremy Capallo looked in the mirror, he knew things were not quite normal. The mirror's not working. They say older women are different. He just wanted to find out how. At last, a movie you can sink your teeth into. My best friend is a vampire. That's cool, man. Rated PG. I'm a vampire. Oh, and speaking of things that nobody has ever seen or heard of, my first pick is Jeremy Capello, the lead character from My Best Friend is a Vampire. Yes. This is a horror comedy from 1987. Really more of a comedy. Not much horror going on in here. Yeah, I consider it a horror comedy. Kind of bombed in theaters. I guess that's not too shocking, but I've always been surprised that it never really picked up kind of like a secondary following over the years. I used to rent this a lot, but I think some people have never heard of the film. The vampire, Jeremy, he is played by Robert Sean Leonard, who I guess is most famous. He's the, he's like the other doctor on house. I didn't realize that was him. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It, you actually have to look it up to find out because he's so young in this movie. He couldn't have been more than 18. Right. He looks, I mean, he looks like him still, but he's so young. Yeah. And the really short summary is that his character, Jeremy, he gets turned into a quote, living vampire after getting bit on a hot date jay yeah <laughs> well that was definitely a hot date <laughs> yeah yeah i figured you would like that scene it had a, it hit all your marks yeah so, yeah, yeah um this is more in my eyes more like a cheesy 80s high school romance than a horror movie like i get you're saying it's a horror comedy technically it is but it's really just jeremy kind of going on dates and dealing with his vampireness yeah, so it was very much kind of like a John Hughes movie, but with vampires. And made for television and probably not like CBS or ABC or whatever, but like WPIX. Yeah. And it would have aired at four o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but in a good way, in a good way. Exactly. So one of the examples, they go to get pizza, him and this girl he's after, and Jeremy starts hacking because the pizza has garlic on it, Jay. Ah, uh, you can't put garlic on the pizza. Not if you're a living vampire, you can't. <laughs> that pizza looks so good. Jay. Oh my god. It was oh, it was like the perfect cross between Pizza Hut pizza and like normal up the street pizza. Mm, yeah, and you were right. Everything was on it. 
We also get to see how a vampire teen who is still in high school manages a normal life, which leads to the only kind of famous shot from this movie, the shot of like all the uh, canned pig's blood. Oh, yeah. In Jeremy's fridge. <laughs> yes, that was definitely funny because he gets introduced to the to the drink by Modoc. Yes, yes, who's played by oh god, oh god. Well, here we go. I can't pronounce my own name, but I'm here. I'm gonna go. Renee Aubergenois. Oh, very good. Very Is that good. right? Yeah, I have plays... no idea, but yes, that's him. <laughs> Renee Aubergenois, Odo yeah. from uh, one of the Star Trek shows. Uh yeah, he's like the mentor vampire. Deep Space Nine. Of course. How could I forget? Deep Space Nine. <laughs> I know you're a big DS9 fan, Jay. You talk about it all the time. <laughs> No, you know why? I have to t I have to tell you. I had planned to discuss Odo later on in the show. This show is going to be dedicated to his memory. Instead of calling this the vampire show, we're going to call this the Renee Aubergenois show. Okay, cool. Yeah, so he's like the mentor, the, yes. the uh, vampire mentor. Try not to think of this as a handicap. I mean, there are a lot worse things than being a vampire. Are you aware that one of the past presidents of these United States was a vampire? Which one? And the vampire assassin in the movie is played by David Warner. Yes. From Secret of the Ooze. Yes, and the original Freddy Krueger. You don't remember when, when I told you about that on our Freddy Krueger episode, David Warner was going to play Freddy Krueger before Robert England. And ske oh. scheduling conflicts prohibited him from doing it. They had him in makeup and everything. That Freddy show we did, I mean, Jay, that was that was 30 years ago. <laughs> but wow, yeah, I forgot that piece of trivia. That's pretty great. It is great. He's awesome. He is so good. Yeah, so between David Warner and Rene Aubergenois, you had some pretty name actors hiding in this movie. Definitely. And the lead actress, Cheryl Pollock, she was in a series of Jordash commercials when we were kids where she's like arguing with her boyfriend. And I used to think they were like the dumbest ads ever, but she reminded me of like Liv Tyler. Then I see her in this movie and I'm like, oh, this is good. I can get into this. Oh, shit. That's where I knew yeah. her from. You know, it's funny because I'm like, she's very familiar, but I look up her name on IMDb. I'm like, well, I haven't seen any of this stuff. Right. Now you're telling me, of course, she was in the... The jeans commercials. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So Jeremy, he drinks blood. He sleeps with these like arms crossed over his chest to avoid steak shots, and he wears sunglasses everywhere. Jay, it's like two out of three. If you started <laughs> drinking the pig's blood, you would be the kid from this movie. If I could drink meat smoothies and yeah. uh, milk cartons of Whoppers. Yeah. So I mean, as everyone knows, you wear your sunglasses everywhere. Yeah. What they don't know about you, I mean, we've shared some hotel rooms with you guys over the years. Yeah. You you sleep like you're a fucking Dracula. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I really do sleep that way. It, it's <laughs> like it's, and you know, and the funny thing is you don't actually go to sleep in that position. <laughs> you fall asleep however people fall asleep. And then it's like slowly but surely <laughs> your arms just cross over your chest. <laughs> It is weird. Oh, man. But there's a couple of things that I'm surprised you didn't touch on that I just have to mention. This is one of those movies that is like a treasure trove for you. There's like an old Chili's menu posted on the bulletin board in the background. Uh, they go into a, a Whole Foods grocery store. So you see all kinds of old drinks. You see Five Alive, which was Five Alive was like one of the best juices ever. 
Five Alive was officially, officially the drink of whoever lived next door to you. As yeah. a kid. It was always like go to your neighbors and you'd have Five Alive. Oh, it was so good. And you can't even find it really anymore. It's very rare. Yep. So yeah, my best friend is a vampire. What a great one. On YouTube, if you can stand watching it with like DoorDash advertisements breaking in every six minutes, which is fucking hell, Jay. That's how I watch this. I know you have the DVD, but it was fucking hell. The worst. Man, I don't get this. Ralph, I've got something to tell you. I'm... I'm a vampire. That's cool, man. Number two. This summer, get ready for a new kind of hero. Wow, you didn't even break a nail. Buffy. 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 You're not like other girls. Yes, I am. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. All right, my first pick tonight, Matt, is Amelin the Vampire in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, as played by Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman. My God, and oof, he was strong here. Very strong. Yeah, I mean, I've talked about my love of Buffy the Vampire Slayer in the show before, and I know you you saw it in the theater, too, uh, when, when it came out. And this was like one of those movies for me that had a big impact, but not only because I obviously liked the whole kind of idea of this ass kicking girl who killed vampires, but the fact that Pee Wee Herman was in it, like that was huge for me. Admit it, Buffy. Aren't there times when you just feel less than fresh? It was a draw. It was like a double draw because you had Pee Wee and Dylan from now to an O. You had a little bit of the old and a little bit of the new, and you just had to go see it in theaters, Jay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so he played this vampire character. His first appearance in the film was on a carousel, which to me was like a little bit of a nod to the Lost Boys, even if it wasn't intentional. Yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a slight reach, but I suppose it could be read that way. Yeah, and to see Pee Wee Herman as... I mean, I, I don't know that I necessarily agree that the Lost Boys have total privilege over anything carousel. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to disagree with you here. <laughs> see, I, I think carousel, vampires, Lost Boys. That's how it yeah. works. So uh, seeing Pee Wee as like a blood-sucking vampire really sunk his teeth into the role, Matt. He's not doing the peewee act at all you wouldn't even know it's him unless you go into it knowing that they were doing this whole kind of spotlight on valley girls well he was being like a valley vampire and uh he gets his arm chopped off and his line is you ruined my new jacket <laughs> you know he was so worried about his jacket <laughs> oh man all peewee in this movie he's the only one i saw it in theaters like you said that got the audible guffaws from the audience <laughs> I absolutely loved it. There's one scene toward the finale where he finally comes in contact with Buffy and you think that's going to be this crazy knockdown drag out affair. He crashes through the window and he stops and he waves and he says, hi, how's it going? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like not what you'd expect, but it, this is like brilliant to me. You watch this and you're surprised. I mean, not that he's not done anything, but you feel like people would have hired him to do these kind of crazy things a little more often than they did. 
Yeah, and he doesn't get enough credit for this because it's just, it's super, super funny. And he has a great death scene where it just keeps going and going into the post credits. All Pee <laughs> Exactly. But I have a proposal I'll, I'm going to leave you with here. Paul Rubens is friends in real life with Cassandra Peterson. And I think it would be great to have Elvira and Emil and the Vampire do one of these like online Halloween specials. Uh, I mean, obviously I'm in. I, I think it's the greatest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just wondering who owns the rights to Amelin, is it? I thought it was Amelin. Amelin, Amelin, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I just, I hope that you do have the powers and, and this happens. <laughs> I would love to see it. Even if they uh, just kind of do like a little happy Halloween greeting on video on Twitter or something. They, they need to do like a joint cameo account, split the funds. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. That would be like $1,600. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you have to figure it's whatever you paid for Elvira. Double that. <laughs> oh, give me a break. You ruined my new jacket. Kill him a lot. Number three. Stay back! I'll shoot! <laughs> Stop! You can't escape, fools of unicorn. Gargoyle. Vampire. That's right. I am Dracula and the vampire of the gargoyles. It's true, then. I will taste of the blood in you both, and then you will become one of us, obeying the will of Emperor Guillotine forever. You're going to have to bear with me on this one because it's going to take some explaining, Jay. Okay. Second pick is Draculon, Creature of Doom. Uh, okay. This is one of the monsters from Giant Robo. It's a 1960s Japanese TV show that was later dubbed for release in the States under a different name, Johnny Sacco and his flying robot. You've been talking to me about Johnny Sacco for years, and I had never seen it up until now. I've been singing Johnny's praises for like literal decades, and still I'm, I can't believe how so few people have seen this just awesome show. I'm going to try to summarize the plot. You have this gargoyle gang, and they're led by Emperor Guillotine, who's sort of like a blue octopus. Mm -hmm. Only thing stopping them from destroying the Earth or whatever they're trying to do is this kid, Johnny Sacco, who is pals with a giant robot who looks like a cross between a Sphinx and, like, Jet Jaguar. Yeah, Sphinx is definitely accurate, yeah. To get back to the vampire, most of the monsters on Johnny Sacco, they just look like Godzilla monsters, basically. Big lizards, bigger, mm -hmm. big plant things. But then right near the end of the show, you get Draculon, who is this gray-haired vampire in a blue monster mask who can magically grow into a giant. <laughs> so here, here we go, because Odo from Deep Space Nine, but with fangs, and also Karg from Masters of the Universe <laughs> and the serpent drug dealer from your favorite public service announcement. 
Yes, you're right. That is what they look like. He <laughs> yeah. looks like, I should say. It's like you merge those three. Perfect. Yeah. He's very creepy, though. His plan is to turn everyone into vampires so that the villains will have this army of slaves. And the vampires are just like these extras with green face paint on them. I want blood. I want blood. There's a couple of scenes where they start to shoot at the vampires and they actually just reverse the footage. What's terrible in those scenes is that they're shooting and like they're amazed that the bullets aren't doing anything, but there are clearly no bullets flying on the screen. There's yeah. nothing. There's no sparks. There's nothing. <laughs> but I loved when he becomes the kaiju. There's a transition here because he's kind of wearing this like sort of like burlap toga in the beginning. But yep. when he becomes the kaiju, he looks like some kind of psycho Prince Valiant with these split ends and his blonde hair needs some conditioner. Giant robot, I am not through. You will soon see. He <laughs> turned into a giant. It's like the most bootleg medieval times jousting outfit you could find. He's like the fourth musketeer in this like red and blue checkered spandex. Yeah, it just didn't seem to make sense because he kind of looked scarier before that he had this like regal costume on. He did. It's like, wait a minute, wait, I don't want giant that Draculon. I want giant this Draculon. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, though, because that character, it, it's shocking to me that, like, nobody talks about Draculon. You could have totally had, like, a, a crossover Power Rangers fight Draculon. Uh, speaking of crossovers, crosses. That's how you uh, kill Draculon. <laughs> yes. And I just want to point out, so basically what happens is Giant Robot, he summons these big, giant, flaming crosses <laughs> out of nowhere. Like, they just appear. <laughs> And he hurls them at Draculon and Draculon explodes. Yeah, it just and, that's all it was. Yeah, and I just want to point out, I know this is your first exposure to Johnny Sacco. There are 23 other episodes, I think, and none of them does he demonstrate the ability to summon anything, let alone a flaming cross. <laughs> Robert, now show the cross. <laughs> It didn't look like the, the big uh, Johnny Sacco robot was doing that well in this matchup. And then that flaming cross comes out of nowhere, like an RKO. It wasn't like a big ending to what you would expect. When you know that Draculon is going to be fighting giant robot, that's that's a fucking grabber right there. Yeah. And then it happens. and It's like, wait a minute. That's kind of Draculon, but not really. And oh, my God, he died after getting hit with one cross that didn't even fucking hit him. It didn't hit him. <laughs> He, you see him dodge it. We're like, oh, wow, yeah, he's pretty good. And then he just explodes anyway. <laughs> God damn it. But that's like a real badass thing. Like anytime you run into a vampire, flaming cross, that'll do it. Yeah. And and I don't think there are many, at least, kaiju vampires. There needs to be a whole team of kaiju universal monsters. Godzilla versus the universal monster kaijus. Godzilla versus the, the creature from the Black Lagoon Kaiju. Imagine. Oh, God. You wouldn't be able to tell him apart, Jay. <laughs> That'd be phenomenal. Yeah. I want a Kaiju mummy. 
Kaiju mommy. Oh my god. You know what's yeah. gonna happen tomorrow? We're gonna log onto the computer. It's like, dude, what are you talking about? They've had this movie already. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Here's actually a seven film series about nothing but giant <laughs> universal monsters kaiju. Guys, you're so stupid. Toei made this in 1965. <laughs> and it was remade last year by Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> Unicorn agents, you are about to become vampires. You will serve Emperor Guillotine for all eternity. Number four. The unthinkable has happened. The impossible is now true. I've been brought to life in a horrifyingly real iced lolly from walls. Get your fangs into the strangest lolly you've ever tasted before it's too late. Walls Dracula. It's really horrible. Next up for me, Matt, is Walls Dracula Iced Lolly commercial from 1981. Walls Dracula Iced Lolly. These are not to be confused with your beloved Vampire Secret ice cream bars. Those are a totally different thing. Totally different. So this is uh, a commercial for what they call an iced lolly. And I learned something. So in England, a lollipop is not what we think of as a lollipop. An iced lolly is what we call an ice pop or a popsicle. It amazes me that our nations can even coexist with the difference <laughs> lying between us. Can't we just decide on a global yeah. popsicle? We have a, 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 a just a, you know a universal a global vote yeah. on what we should call popsicles. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, this is a popsicle in the shape of Dracula. And what song that comes to mind when I think of this commercial is Chicago's "You're the Inspiration" because this commercial really, really inspired me. It's this vintage animation. There's a haunted house. And this this actor, he's just really getting into it. His voice is perfect for Dracula. They actually hired Dracula. Like, oh there's my no God, way yeah. to get a voice that good unless you are the man himself. Oh, my God, yeah. So everything is perfect about this commercial advertising these Dracula ice pops. And obviously, it's a little bit earlier than a lot of the stuff we discussed, but it is so good. But for you especially, it is so your aesthetic. It's like an old Castle Dracula Wildwood commercial mixed yeah. with an episode of Scooby-Doo. Oh, my God. It is so that. It is yeah, so yeah. that. And that's yeah. like your that's your personal heaven. Like, I'll throw <laughs> in some Tostitos in your set for the afterlife. <laughs> yeah. And it was more like, to me, it was more than just watching an old commercial. Because one of the best things about, like, the Halloween season, and I think for the both of us, is we're always looking for new things because we're watching the same movies every year. Might as well look for some stuff we've never been uh, accustomed to. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with the sentiment. And I think a lot of people do. It's just that most people, when they say it, aren't talking about ice pops from the 1970s. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to incorporate new things, new things in your life. And what I'm talking about here are ice pops from 1973. <laughs> so speaking of the ice pops, this company, Walls, I mean, I wish we had Walls here because... They made ice pops. I'm just going to name a few. The Black Hole, Incredible Hulk, Count Dracula's Secret, Dalex Death Ray, King Kong, Haunted House. They did ice pops for all these licenses. It was awesome. They have so much more fun across the pond. You, don't, you guys don't know how good you had it 
And fall for us has always been like, you know, you think of that crisp, cool weather with the light jacket on, like a hoodie. But now it's always like 89 degrees and it just sucks the mood right out of the room. So that's why we need to fill our void with ice pop commercials. When you look at a postcard of the Halloween season, it's always these gold leaves falling from trees. Like the reality is that we spend... 85% of the season with weather very similar to the way it is right now. (laughs) It's the worst. It's like lush green everywhere you look. The sun's beating down. It's like we we don't need parkas. We don't need Halloween parkas. We need Halloween water parks. Yes, Halloween water parks and ice pops. And and ice pops. Wells ice pop, of course. Yes. Number five. <laughs> Those pesky plumbers are playing right into my fangs. <laughs> yes, Count Cupula. Prepare rooms for Princess Toadstool and her foolish friends. And you, you vapid vampire. Go lure our victims into my castle. (laughs) Before the night is through, I'll make them wish they never came to Turtlevania. (laughs) Back when we did our show on the Universal Monsters, we talked about that time Mario and Luigi roomed with Dracula on the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, Jay. I recall it very well, Paisano. Yeah, (laughs) that was a live action segment, of course, but a different vampire worked his way into the actual cartoon portion of the show, and his name was Count Cupula. Yes. King Koopa, he basically played dress up in every episode. Right. He was like a cosplayer. Right, right. Like he was a Roman emperor. He was Santa Claus. And then here (laughs) he was Count Cupula. Yes. He lives in a haunted castle. All of his minions look like they were refitted for the Halloween season, like Mauser is now Igor, things like that. Mm -hmm. And instead of blood, they suck marinara sauce, Jay. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Yeah, that's the humor that the show was built upon, right? It was fantastic. I loved watching this. Yeah, it was pretty good. And for the most part, it's just kind of like the silly madcap adventure that you'd expect. There's one scene that I wanted to talk to you about. Okay. It's when Cupula sends them down to the torture chamber. <laughs> yes. I'm taking you to Count Cupula's torture chamber, wax museum, and dungeon of horrors. You're expecting kind of just tomfoolery, and then you get down there, and uh, Toad is on a stretcher, and I don't know what to call what's happening to Mario other than waterboarding. Yeah, he's getting waterboarded, totally. A touch extreme for the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. And Luigi's getting his feet tickled. Right. They had something there to temper it, I admit. But still, pretty <laughs> hardcore. It was an old-fashioned, like, medieval torture situation going on down there. Not what you expect at 4.30 on a weekday afternoon. <laughs> no, it totally took me by surprise. No, t- absolutely. <laughs> uh, in the end, they defeat Count Cupula by... Jay, Mario just grabs like fucking cloves of garlic out of his shirt and passes them around and they breathe on him. Like that's how they fucking win. 
players hate garlic. That's why there's none in that tomato sauce the Goombas were making. Good thinking, Toad. Eat this. And when that happens, Cupula leaves, turns into a bat and flies away. He's like, oh, I'll get you another day. And right. the castle crumbles. And I, I've watched this 40 times, and I have no idea why the castle crumbled. <laughs> well, it crumbled, but it led to one of the best one-liners ever in the history of animation. And that is, we really brought the house down. <laughs> 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 oh man, you made me break the fucking whole setup. I knocked the windshield over everything. I loved it. I loved it. But there's so many great lines in this, though. I mean, oh god. No, no. Here's the thing, and we touched upon this in the live action segments when we talked about those. It's like there are no punchlines. They just deliver them like punchlines. Oh my god, they really do. The, the, I think the. <laughs> The one line I love is, you've been hitting the sauce again. <laughs> oh. I have to be honest, though. I would be a tomato sauce sucking vampire because I love tomato sauce. I'm a huge fan. Did you feel a little something stir inside you when you saw those bottles of Cupula's vintage and it's oh. all like tomato sauce? Yeah, it looked yeah. so good. Mm. Until you find out that they make it by like having monsters stomp on them. So they're probably really dirty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can uh, put a black cape on literally anything and you'll love it. <laughs> Honestly honestly here and i i don't know i you could try me you could try me you could not name a character or even a person who's worn a black cape that i don't love you could put a, a black cape on an m&m or a, or a giant monster turtle i mean it, it could be anything 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 uh you, you know those old little fucking smiley fingers from the ziploc commercials put a black cape on that finger and i'm gonna marry it jay a detachable CD-ROM drive. You would—it's your favorite thing if it has Absolutely. a black cape. If I saw that, like at a flea market, a detachable <laughs> CD-ROM drive wearing a cape, I'd be like, "Oh, that's high art." <laughs> Whoever made this is going to be famous someday. And you would buy it for like way too much money. Yeah, and even though we had just gotten there, we'd tell you, "I would now have to return to the car because I can't carry around a discarded <laughs> CD-ROM drive for the entirety of the trip." <laughs> 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 yeah the, but this is worth watching for that waterboarding scene poor mario yeah not things you often hear but in this case <laughs> that, that would ring accurate i'm sure glad to be saying chow to turtlevania chow that reminds me it's chow time i got my spare cantolini yo my brother the pasta vampire Number six. Where are you from? I've never seen you on campus before. I come from a great distance, but being with you has made the long journey worthwhile. Oh, you sure know what to say to a girl. Uh-oh. My spider sense tells me there's something weird about that guy. Spider sense? <laughs> Sounds more like jealousy to me. Next up for me, Matt, is an episode of Spider-Man and his amazing friends. 
And this episode is called Bride of Dracula from September of 1983. An absolute treasure. I mean, just really great stuff. Pretty whacked out episode, ton of fun. And as a kid, this type of episode for me was like perfect because I loved horror stuff, anything that was scary, but I also loved superheroes. So this was like the best of both worlds. It's almost surprising that this show is from the 80s because it feels so 60s with those universal monsters running around, 70s maybe. So there's a mysterious dude. He travels to New York from Transylvania and he's just hanging around with the, at this college dance and he's targeting Firestar because he wants her to be his mistress of his right. castle, Castle Dracula, because we don't know yet that he's Dracula, of course. Right? I mean, there's some subtle hints, like, for instance, there's the title card that says Count Dracula. <laughs> and there's a big picture of him as Dracula. But yeah. Yeah, but like, I think they want to con kids into not realizing it's him yet because he has this big reveal in a little while, which we'll get to. But oh, it, it, yeah. it's hot shit. Yep. So Dracula uses his mind control to bring her into his private jet. And he has a pilot, and the pilot is the Wolfman. Yes, Rashton. <laughs> and right there, you know you're in for a special treat because they like they have this shot and they just kind of linger on the shot, like so you know it's the Wolfman. This show didn't have a, like a laugh track or a clap track, but they knew back at home what was going on. Yeah, when that Wolfman popped up there, <laughs> so they speed off to Transylvania, and it, his jet turns into like this bat-looking plane. It's so amazing. It's so cool looking. It's amazing. It's a little arbitrary. I believe it happens for no real good <laughs> reason, and it's never brought up again. It's like two seconds and done. I'm like, all right, his, his fucking jet turns into a bat, but I guess we're just gonna forget about that. Yeah, but that had to be probably like the best part of the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> they spent a million dollars on that shot, Jay. <laughs> so Spider-Man and Iceman obviously have to save her. And they hop onto like a cargo plane that happens to be flying right next to the Dracula jet. And it's not like the Dracula jet is uncharted, as we learn, because Spider-Man goes to the airport control tower and actually sees like the fucking jet. Like they're talking about, oh, that one's going to Transylvania. <laughs> So it's not like this is some hidden fucking jet. Right, exactly. You would never send out two planes that close together. <laughs> so one thing leads to another. They get to Castle Dracula, and they have to contend with the Wolfman and now Frankenstein's monster. The gang's all together here. Meanwhile, Dracula's like, I have to train Firestar to sleep in a coffin. If she is to be my bride, she must grow accustomed to sleeping on a bed of cold earth. Place her in the coffin. This is like real deep stuff now. He already. Well, you know, here's yeah. the thing that just, uh, yeah, it is, it's, it's fucking nuts. But what concerns me, I mean, aside from the fact, I mean, he's a, he kidnaps Firestar and he wants to make her his bride. So obviously this guy's trouble. When his mind, the first thing it goes to is we have to train her to sleep in a coffin. Like she hadn't even walked in the fucking door yet. <laughs> he didn't even offer <laughs> a drink. First, of blood. The first thing it's like, here, this is not Transylvania, you know, introduce her to the castle. Maybe say, hey, that's that's fucking Wolfman. That's Frankenstein. No. Yeah. We got to get her trained to sleep in a coffin. Yeah. I mean, like, would you like a scone or something? Yeah. You know? no, <laughs> no, no, no courtesies from this track. No, know? not at all. <laughs> I'll leave the end to the viewer. It's on Disney Plus if anybody wants to watch it. But I think one of the coolest parts is the fact that once they get on the plane, uh, so Dracula hops on the plane with Firestar. Wolfman is is the pilot. There is like this giant reveal. He's like, now I could reveal my secret identity. Now I can safely assume my true identity. 
Count Dracula. <laughs> his voice changes, and he's got this like reverb on his voice now. <laughs> it's it, like it's insane. Like, did his clothes even change? I don't think so. That's what I'm saying. It's like we needed a little more if they were going to sell this. And he was just like a dude with dark hair. Then all, then all of a sudden, he's like the ice capades version of Dracula, waving yes, his absolutely. arms around. <laughs> very theatrical. I'll yeah. give him that. He did hit. It was very Frank Langella-ish. Yes. Yeah. It was so over the top. I loved it. Uh, Count Dracula in this episode, he is a bit of a star fucker. I don't know if you noticed that. Like, there's a part where they're on the jet, and when Dracula finds out that Spider-Man and Iceman are, are after his girl, he's like, oh, the famous Iceman, the famous Spider-Man. I wonder why this simple college student would draw the attention of two famous superheroes. Oh, and this must be the famous Firestar. Yeah. Uh, it's just like he can't believe his luck that he's kidnapped an A-list character. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, well, why would they be after this girl? Oh, man. Oh, my God, I'm going to be on television. <laughs> so, my bride-to-be is the famous Firestar. This is magnificent. Together, we shall rule over the chill of the night. <laughs> he just hit the jackpot with her. Yeah, but you're right. In the in a bubble, especially. I don't know how the rest of the series went, but in a bubble, this is like a really cool little Halloween episode. It is absolutely batshit. So it's worth checking out this Firestar. Halloween season. Firestar, am I glad to see you? Firestar, who is Firestar? Hey, come on, snap out of it. The joke's over. I assure you, it is not a joke. Her mind is completely under my control. You don't say. And uh, just who are you? I am Count Dracula. Number seven. How a count eats a Reese's peanut butter cup. I like to eat the peanut butter first. <laughs> There's no wrong way to eat a Reese's. My last pick is a tough sell because we never actually see this vampire, Jay, but I couldn't not bring him up. You, of course, remember the famous TV commercial that showed us how it counts. Eats a Reese's peanut butter cup. Yes. 15 seconds long, and it's just a shot of a Reese's peanut butter cup with fang marks in it. But good Lord, Jay. This was my everything back in the early 90s. I was obsessed with trying to do that to a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. <laughs> when we did a show on commercials recently, I wanted to bring this up. I said, I don't know if there's going to be more to it than me saying that I love the commercial. But I, clearly, there's, there's a story behind it, and I want to hear it. Your instinct was correct. So this is really <laughs> going to be me repeating one sentence over and over again. <laughs> but... Was it just me who tried to like suck out peanut butter with a straw? Like you never tried it after seeing this commercial? I may have, but I don't remember. <laughs> One time I even used a Phillips head screwdriver to just make the fang holes just so I could sort of like <laughs> pretend I did it. <laughs> and I'm probably like nearing the end of junior high by that point. So definitely not something I talked about with anybody. Nowadays, things like that are so much more worth it because like if you did something like that, 
it would go like viral and it would be on like the front of USA Today. Back in 88 or 89, you did that, like your your mom or your cousin would see it. And that would be right. right. It's like, <laughs> like now you could do something like this. Like I could fucking poke holes in a recent peanut butter cup and I could have it shown to thousands of people in a minute. Surely there's got to be someone out there who likes this shit. When you're eight, you got mom. Yeah. <laughs> hey, ma, ma, look what I did. <laughs> oh god it's almost dinner time go wash up <laughs> this whole campaign was was incredible right it was a campaign because it wasn't just the count you also had what was his name roger who was like that little kid who ate the middles roger? first he eats it real weird how do you do that Raj? there's no wrong way good to eat a reese's it was a perfect circle from the middle taken out yeah right and his older brother was so mystified by how he did it and it's just like you stick the tip of your tongue through the middle of a like it's not some grand feat everyone well, can do that. yeah but i i have to i gotta stop you there because let's be honest you could never get that circle as perfect as they did in the commercial yes you could you just had to eat a lot you couldn't get the two pack of reese's you had to get like three two packs you had to give yourself a few tries <laughs> that's all like you'd be like man you'd be blowing through these reese's in no time oh yeah yeah i really took one for the team on that one i, I would have to savor them yeah the problem with the entire campaign was the fact that they said there's no wrong way to eat a reese's but i truly believe there is a wrong way to eat a reese's what would that be freezing them people freeze them and eat them i don't think that's a good way to eat a reese's at all no, in fact, Reese's should like be not quite melty, but almost melty. Right, like very kind of mushy. <laughs> Something happens to that peanut butter; oh. it like takes on a, a new dimension when it's just uh, when it's almost rancid. It is just perfect. Yeah, it's all coagulated. Oh, so good. Mm. And I mean, clearly, if a vampire would want to suck the peanut butter right out, like it's blood. He's on to something. Look, I get what you're saying, that there isn't much to say about this commercial, but you have to admit, like, you did um, at least quote it often. Oh, yeah. I like to eat the peanut butter first. How many times do you think you've said that out loud over the years? I would guess it's at least 500. It has to be, especially back when it was airing. And then back in 2007, you gave yourself that personal challenge where you had to do it once a day, every day for the year. <laughs> <laughs> i think you can beat it this year man <laughs> yeah i'll try some people love peanut butter some people love chocolate but the taste they make when you put them together it's a delicious taste all its own reese's peanut butter cups yes reese's please me too Rich milk chocolate and creamy peanut butter. You get two great tastes in one candy bar. We say peanut butter cups. Number eight. Greetings. My name is Beaver. Don't Beaver. If I may be of any assistance to you, just <laughs> for my final pick tonight matt the company is called jemmy and it is count vigor a life-size halloween vampire animatronic where the fuck did you find this beautiful guy <laughs> so i would say the mid to late 2000s this company jemmy who i'm very familiar with because they make all kinds of little toys that make noise and light up okay 
this was like this big giant vampire that you would see in say like a spirit Halloween or like a Kmart or something. This company actually made Big Mouth Billy Bass, which was like a singing fish that moved. Oh my God. So this was their follow-up to Big Mouth Billy Bass. <laughs> it was one of them. Igor, the life-size vampire. Yeah, so life-size vampire talks, laughs, his head moves, he has a chalice. He's very creepy because his eyes light up, his hair is all disheveled. And when he speaks, there's like a organ music playing in the background. Bad. I am so pleased to see you could make it. Come, we are expecting you for dinner. <laughs> Did you ever have like a real wacky older uncle or grandfather come and stay at your house? Like, this is what it's like. He's trying to be like real comical and his hair's all messed up and he may or may not have pants on. <laughs> this, this is absolutely, you're, you're totally fucking accurate. This is dead on. This is like when you get home from being out with your friends at like maybe 2.30 at night and somehow this fucker is still up. Yeah. Only now he's like delirious and in his pajamas. <laughs> He says, hey, stop me if you heard this one. What did the vampire say to the sick vampire? Is that you coughing? And then he <laughs>, laughs at himself. And he's like, what is this? What is this guy? Like a stand-up comic now? What's happening? <laughs> Take my bath, please. Yeah, he's so goofy. I looked at him and three different characters came to mind when I saw him. I'm going to send you some pictures now. I okay. want you to tell me if you're seeing the resemblance. Okay. <laughs> All right. Here's the first one. Okay. <laughs> I sent. Oh, he just came through. So does he not look like <laughs> Al from Happy Days? He does, a little bit like Al from Happy Days. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's, yeah. It's like you just fucking lay the two images over each other. <laughs> if Al was dressed up like a vampire, yes, he does kind of look like Al. Yeah. All right. Here's my second one. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, this one's a little, a little more abstract, but I do feel that he bears some resemblance to the dad from the Wonder Years. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I, could yeah, see I mean, that. it's not exactly either. They're brothers. They're brothers. I mean, this yeah. one, he's he's not done as well as Dan Loria, but I was, I definitely see Al a little bit more. But yeah, I could, I could see that. All right. Well, here's my last one. <laughs> 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 it, he does not look like you he doesn't know the homebrew haircut the raccoon circles under his eyes the pasty complexion and the big italian nose it's like they made an animatronic out of me that Jay. is not you i <laughs> was the model for the <laughs> you do not have vampire fangs <laughs> that's the only uh, artistic change they made <laughs> oh man you know someone out there is going to hear this and spend the 500 on ebay <laughs> yeah, someone out there listening or someone here talking jay i know you fucking are gonna buy one <laughs> i just think like maybe jemmy can go into their warehouse and send me one because I own a ton of Jemmy products, and I feel like that would be a natural relationship for me to be a spokesperson for Jemmy. Because who doesn't want a life-size Vigor animatronic in their house? Let's be honest. Certainly not you. And I, I agree. If you were ever going to sell out, if you could do it for a free Vigor the Vampire, <laughs> I would totally bless you. <laughs> I am 
I was hoping you'd become. You have a beautiful neck for conversation. It is something I can really sink my teeth into. All right, Matt, that was our vampire show. Long time coming. Glad we got to do it. Fun talking about some really cool and unusual vampires with you, Jay. Yeah, I had a great time going through some of these, and I figured let's do something a little bit different to wrap up this show. Let's each choose one representative from our teams okay. of vampires and then pit them against each other. Okay, so am I picking from my own team? Yeah, yeah. All right, so I had Jeremy Capello from My Best Friend is a Vampire. Certainly don't think I'll be sending Jeremy into the arena tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, Count Cupula from the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Yeah. I have a vampire who I've never seen who starred in a 15-second Reese's Peanut Butter Puff commercial. <laughs> and I have a vampire who turned into a kaiju. Hmm, this is a tough one. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with uh, Draculon here tonight. I Jeff. think that's like a no-brainer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. So I had uh, Paul Rubens from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, I'm not sending him into any battles whatsoever. No, no, no. There was a vampire in a, the Iced Lolly commercial from Walls. A 2D animated <laughs> vampire. Yeah. That's not, not going to work. His chances. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the vampire who stole Firestar in Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. Yeah, so that would be Count Dracula, not just a vampire. <laughs> yeah, Count Dracula. <laughs> and then Count Vigor, the life-size Halloween vampire animatronic from yes. Jemmy. Uh, I don't think I have a choice here. I think I have to send a six-foot animatronic into battle. I have to say that I don't think he stands a chance. Yeah, well, I mean, let's look at this. We have a six-foot audio animatronic Vigor vampire and a 600-foot Count Dracula on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, you never know though who knows yeah. unless unless vigor has any magical flaming crosses i think i won <laughs> yeah i think you did yeah. <laughs> so fun show thanks for everybody listening to the purple stuff podcast and we are on patreon yes we are patreon.com slash purple stuff where we have our bonus show every month we've had so much fun on our bonus shows recently with some of our ebay digs if you get a chance, please leave us some positive feedback on Apple Podcasts, whatever. Yeah, five stars. And uh, you know what? To really sell it, do it in all caps so you sound really excited. Like, oh, my God, I can't fucking believe this podcast. <laughs> Holy shit. Life-changing. It's like a flaming cross to your heart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to go to bat for the Purple Stuff podcast. Oh! oh. <laughs> I like to eat the purple stuff first. <laughs> so this has been the Purple Stuff Podcast. I am Jay from Sludge Central. I am Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. Sludge Central, your new name, Jay. Yeah. You want to tell people about that? Yeah, so I decided to change my name because uh, the whole sexy armpit thing just wasn't working anymore. It just no one understood the joke. Saying sexy armpit to everybody must have been challenging at times. Oh, God. The absolute pits. It was the yeah. worst. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hell. Oh, no. ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> but now you're Sludge Central and, and you're ready to take on the world. Yeah. A whole new me. Okay. It's like a new pair of stockings. <laughs> That's exactly how I would describe it. <laughs> 
Thank you for listening to the Purple Purple Stuff Podcast.